Welcome to Let's Talk About Health, an informational podcast that gives you insights on health and fitness from experts themselves that you can apply directly to your own personal health and fitness stories. Come join me today to hear all about what they have to say on health and fitness. Hello. Hi. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so, so much for being a part of Let's Talk About Health. And it is so, I can't tell you how happy I am to talk with with another physical therapist who has experience in US Mm -hmm. and who is happy to share that experience. So thank you for being a part of uh, this small show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for asking me to be a part of it. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to you today. Yeah, likewise. Uh, okay, so let me introduce you. So we have Dr. Divya here today. She has an experience of six years as a physical therapist. And in 2020, you started your own fitness um, coaching. Is that online or just in person? It started started in person and then has become fully online since then, fully virtual. I like that. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, let's let's jump into it. Let, let's not, uh, because I have so many questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get into yeah. it. How would you define health and what is fitness according to you? Yeah, um, you know, I think health is just a really basic answer it's it's the absence of illness and dysfunction right and so fitness when we're talking about physical fitness is how adept are we at accomplishing certain tasks so whether there it's a functional fitness or is it related to certain activities that are meaningful to an individual um, the measure of fitness is really dependent on what a certain person's standards or needs are. Right. So you believe that uh, fitness can be different from person to person? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, everyone's goals are going to be a little bit different. And so, you know, you wouldn't necessarily hold an, an elite level athlete to the same metric that you would to, you know, let's say someone that's, you know, their primary goal was to be able to play with their grandchildren and to be able to, you know, just do day-to-day tasks and maybe do some exercise that's meaningful to them or get getting back to some activities that they used to do many years ago. So yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of um, customization or personalization in fitness for, for the individual. Do you have programs and plans that are customized for your clients or your patients? A hundred it's always individual um you know part of the reason why i got into fitness coaching was because i would get to the point of discharge with some of my patients and outpatient and they're saying well you know we're well in terms of what we came here to see you for but you know we wish there was some way that we could keep going so that we can keep exercising because we're coming in a couple of times a week and now we're just gonna we're gonna stop and after hearing that a few times that that's when I knew, okay, maybe there's a little bit more of a niche group of people that I can be working with here. So yeah, absolutely. When 
you have that relationship with someone because you've been their physical therapist, you know what their background is, you know what kind of medical history that they have, and now you're able to really take them to the next level. Okay, we're past this shoulder injury, we're past this low back pain or at, at a point where we can manage it. Now let's let's get you really strong or let's get you moving even better than you were before. Right. I get I get what you're talking about. I wish you know you're going to teach me today a lot. So I'm not worried. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are a few misconceptions that you've heard about uh fitness or health just in general? Yeah, I would say the maybe the biggest one that I run into with coaching is um people feel like they have to do too much too soon. And ultimately, it kind of leads them to a dead end because they get burnt out on whatever it is that they're doing. There's no clear plan for progression for the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, it's tempting because you get this burst of motivation and you're like, I'm going to get to the gym six times this week. I'm going to, you know, really watch my calories and really restrict my eating. But there's only so long that you can do that. A lot of that's not very sustainable. So the biggest misconception I would say is just, you know, I, if I'm not 100% all in from day one, then it's not going to work for me. And that's just not the case. A lot of it is about building up small lifestyle changes, small habits that you can build upon and really create some significant change to your lifestyle over a longer period of time. Yeah, I agree. It's not like you give a chart and then, it, yeah, it's different when it comes to small, small habits and it has to be uh, very personal that way that you have to be the person who has to change. And like we always use the small examples, instead of using the escalator, go use the stairs. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah just small things like that. And, you know, in the same way, there's going to be people that come see us in physical therapy and they're a higher level athlete or individual and you want to make sure that they're getting loaded appropriately too so they're not going to start necessarily with you know minimal changes but we need to maybe fine-tune what they're already doing by adjusting their exercise volume their diet their um their sleep habits stress management all of these things are similar to what you would do for anyone else but for someone with an extensive training history and they have a lot of exposure to nutrition control and um, exercise as well so it's it's all very personalized definitely i agree with you there yeah I, since we've been seeing so many cases um uh, i used to think theory wise okay you jump into ankle, the knee, just give the squats and lunges and you're good. But when you see one-on-one, -on -one, and like you mentioned so beautifully that, you know, a person who just, a grandpa who just wants to hold your grandkids, you cannot give too much. And an athlete, you just cannot give too less. So um, that comes only with experience. I wish books could teach that more. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many things that I feel like as a new grad, I was just like, but I don't know this. I don't know all the details and I don't know how to adjust and fine tune. And a lot of that comes from great mentorship, but a lot of it just comes from being exposed to different people in different environments. And, you know, I've been very fortunate to have very, very different exposures throughout the last six years. Yeah. And so whether it's, you know, working with younger middle school, high school athletes or working with the geriatric population and 
everybody in between. It's, it's really, it's really awesome that when you make movement meaningful for someone, how much they, their approach and their buy-in changes. Um, if you just make it tailored for them, if you can attach your treatment to their wants and needs and goals, it, it really is, it, it's a game changer. Right. How do you approach fitness? Personally speaking. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny because I feel like I didn't really get super involved in fitness until I became a physical therapist. Um, I didn't grow up playing sports. I didn't um, have a very physically active childhood necessarily. I mean, growing up playing in the neighborhood, things like that, but I wasn't on a team sport. I wasn't doing anything like that in high school or college. Um, and then uh, PT school came along and I started working and um, I was fortunate enough to get involved in CrossFit uh, because of a colleague. And that's really what got my personal fitness journey going. Um, CrossFit really helped me push my boundaries in terms of what I could and could not do. You know, at that point, I'm in my mid-20s, and I was starting to do things that I never thought I would do, whether it was, you know, doing Olympic lifts or heavy deadlifting bench press or, you know, climbing ropes and running with a weight vest, all these things that I never, ever thought that I would try. And then after that, I started getting into bodybuilding, and then I competed in my first show in 2021. And, um, you know, since then, my goal has really been to get back to that uh, stage, get back to bodybuilding and all of that. So my approach right now is just for me to kind of manage in, in terms of doing something sustainable while I'm building my business and working. And um, if that ultimately leads me back to the bodybuilding stage, then great. But if not, my goal is always long-term sustainability. I have seen your pictures in your <laughs> I couldn't believe it's the same physical therapist. <laughs> I was like, it's one of her clients, maybe. And I was like, no way. It's her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that show was from 21. And yeah, I mean, definitely the goal for next time is to come back with an even better package and to be even, even better than what I was at that time. And, you know, at, at one point, I never thought like I'd be in my, I'm, I'm 31 now. I'm like, you know, no. I feel, oh. yeah. <laughs> and now I feel more confident that I can be at the, at, at a even higher level of fitness than I was when I went into that show at, at 29 and I started CrossFit at like 27. Right. So I feel like I'm just getting better and better with time. Yeah. And that makes me really excited to go in and work with patients and clients and be like, Hey, what do you mean? Let's not let this age thing get, you know, slow you down. Like, don't like, let's get rid of that mentality. Let's, just focus on continually getting better every day. I am going hitting that gym tomorrow, <laughs> even if it's a Sunday. <laughs> because I that, that way I can be a little lazy, but I'll make all my patients sweat. And they're like, someday you gotta do this. You know, you gotta <laughs> do 50 squats like you make us do. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, that's <laughs> so inspiring that you can tell your clients and your patients that, um, uh, with experience, with personal experience. And I'm so ha happy that you're, you know, preparing yourself towards uh, a new competition, coming up stronger, coming up 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that's, that's vital as mm -hmm. you know, people that work in the rehab industry is, you know, we we're, we're, we're dispensing advice on people's day-to-day -day lives mm -hmm. on how they should manage their stress and their sleep and their exercise. And it would really, you know, be more convincing if we're doing the same thing because it makes those struggles of managing day-to-day -day life working a full-time job and managing training intensely towards a competition it can be done you know it, it it takes prioritization you know you might need to move some things around you know training and goals may be different for every person but making this a priority has such long-term benefits and benefits that can help us improve other aspects of our life too, whether it's how we're performing in our, you know, workplace or with our family, yeah. how we're managing the stresses of daily life. Of course, you know, everybody feels that to some capacity. And so being able to, you know, hold that standard, you know, you as an individual and bringing that into your professional career, I mean, that, that is a real selling point there mm -hmm. that you practice what you preach, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. After I made my patients do a few stretches, I went back and I was like, okay, it's time that you stretch your hamstrings because your hamstrings are super tight and they always are. Like, it's a given. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I love that you are an inspiration yourself to your clients and your patients. And looking at you, like, people will feel or even business-wise, it's more attractive to um, be, you know, in it and then talk about it more and sell what you're actually preaching. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. absolutely. Agreed. I have one question for you. Yeah. How do you stay motivated? I will give up in two days. <laughs> no. Oh, man. So that's a, a really great question. And that's, I have a couple of different answers to that. Um, motivation is such a fleeting thing. It's not always going to be there. So whatever goal it is that you're working towards has to be bigger than a feeling, right? It has to be bigger than whatever you're experiencing momentarily, because the reality is, you know, life is going to happen. You know, you're working full time, you have friends and family to take care of, you have other obligations and responsibilities in life. And those things will, will naturally have a time and place, but we have to carve out time and, uh, and, a, and a place for us to be able to work on ourselves and work on our fitness because we know how vital it, it is to um, our health, but also how we deal with everything else in our life, right? So motivation, it, it's there, it comes and goes. But the other part of that is finding things to do that are enjoyable and meaningful for you you know you don't have to work out the way that your favorite influencer on instagram works out it might be cool but if the best thing that comes from that is you just wind up having a bunch of saved workouts that you never do that's not really you know helpful for us but if it if it's meaningful for, for you or if it is enjoyable for you to, to go out for a hike on the weekends do some really hard hiking you know do some swimming um, go out and being in nature, take a trail run or be in the gym, do CrossFit, do F45, Orange Theory, whatever it is, 
do the thing that you love to do. And that way it doesn't feel like this burdensome, overwhelming chore. It's like, oh man, I can't wait to get out off work today. I'm going to go do that CrossFit workout. I, I mean, it's going to be so hard, but my friends are going to be in there with me and we're going to crush that workout together and it's going to feel really good after. Yeah. I, I love the way, you know what? We need to be besties for us oh, to yeah. <laughs> do it we can work out together you want to come to vegas or i can come to new york whatever it is we can work out together wait you're, wait, you're based in vegas yes i think yeah for right now california no 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 no. i um, am in the vegas area right now i finished up a contract here but now i'm, I'm staying out here for a while come on it's vegas baby <laughs> yeah, i need to i need to come such a huge hub for bodybuilding so yeah. like if if you ever come this way there's like nothing but fantastic bodybuilding gyms out here the fitness culture is crazy out here so yeah that's that's another thing is being in an environment that's conducive to your health and fitness too and i know it's not possible you just can't just up and move right but finding a community that supports your health and fitness goals is so important too this which is why i'm such a a big fan of CrossFit or such a big proponent of it because it really was a gateway for me, like a gateway mechanism to really see what else I could do because I would go in and, you know, there were people that I enjoyed speaking with and hanging out with and, you know, we push each other to, you know, work really hard. And um, it's that community aspect of it, feeling like you belong somewhere, feeling like you're a part of something is, is huge. And that's something that, can make a big difference in how you approach just even one workout you know definitely yeah i agree when, when it clicks it clicks yes it's 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 a, it's how people work yeah i'm like that if i wipe i'll i'll wipe forever or if then i'll be like okay maybe not yeah <laughs> but i feel that i think we have a wipe definitely yeah so. absolutely <laughs> how's how's physical therapy in vegas um so now I'm, I'm officially done contracting. So I uh, am moving in my own direction now of, of growing my own business virtually. And um, it, it was definitely an interesting experience. I was on a travel contract here. Um, this is the fifth state that I've practiced in um, till now. Um, and so that with that, I definitely feel like I got a good taste of of travel life and i was definitely ready to to stop it was getting to the point where it was just really hectic for me and i wasn't enjoying yeah. the work as much anymore um but you know now that's that's why i'm exploring a, a new aspect a new avenue because i'm really passionate about what i have the opportunity to do i'm really passionate about what my career is and now it's just about finding a way to implement it in a way that you know, is a balanced lifestyle for me, but also really helps me give high quality one-on-one -on -one care to, to individuals. So um, you were telling about um, travel PT. Can you tell us more? I'm, I'm so excited to hear yeah. more. About Absolutely. Yeah. I um, started doing travel in 2021. I thought, you know, you know, in school, I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll do this at some point in my career. And then I got a full time job. And then COVID happened. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's over. This is it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is uh, uh, not gonna happen. 
happen for me anymore. But then once things gradually started reopening and the demand for travel started to increase, I was like, okay, this is it. If I don't do this now, I may never get the chance to do this again. And so I just went for it. And so I took my first contract in Tennessee. And I have to say, um, there's, there's a lot of things that I experienced in my time of doing travel that I was not prepared for in the sense of, you know, no one talks about certain aspects of it on Instagram. It's very glamorous looking. It's very yeah. exciting and it's an adventure and all of those things are true, but I learned a lot about myself during this process too and learned a lot about what my values are and what's important to me as a physical therapist. Yeah. And I primarily took, or I only took outpatient uh, contracts uh, the whole time that I've been traveling. And what I came to realize that was, was with, you know, no matter how great your recruiter is that helps you find these jobs, um, these outpatient jobs are typically going to be very high volume. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And they're typically not going to be your dream job, you know, for whatever reason they're having to, you know, resort to using a contractor because turnover is high or whatever it may be. Um, and you're, you're going in um, to a, a brand new setting, you're learning a brand new EMR, different work environment, you may be in a place where you don't know anyone. And so you're managing all of these struggles or challenges within the job, but also outside of the job as well. And if you wind up in a, in a really great clinic, it may be a wonderful experience, but sometimes you're just kind of there to make sure the wheels don't fall off for this clinic and make sure patients get seen. And yeah. you might be doing, you know, in, in my experience, sometimes you're just there to get in as many evals as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And so while on the one side of it, there's this amazing aspect of, yes, I got to go live in Tennessee and be in the Smoky Mountains. And I got to be in New Orleans and Phoenix and, you know, do all these great things in these awesome cities. Mm -hmm. On the other aspect, of it 40 hours a week I was struggling I was stressed I had a lot of anxiety being in these jobs and these positions and didn't necessarily have a lot of great support from management and administration but you know that's that's kind of what you sign up for in the sense of being a contractor you assume a lot of risk you know your contracts can get cut short you um, you know, might be in an environment that you didn't think that you were going to be in. And that's, that can be really challenging. And the other thing that I realized for me was that it matters to me a lot to be able to have continuity of care with my patients and to really build up my own caseload. And that's not really something that's available for a traveler or a contractor because you're there to fill in a need for a company. Um, and so you know, they, they're going to have you see whoever they need you to see. And so you may only have one opportunity, one 40 minute session or one hour long session to work with someone. And, you know, it gets overwhelming sometimes just because you're just like, well, how do I have a strong impact on one person in one session? Or I'm going to see this eval today and then I'm not going to see them for the rest of the time that I'm here because they're going to get passed around from person to person. And so those those things really made it difficult for me to find that what I was doing was rewarding. Um, and that was something that I was like, okay, I obviously cannot do this forever. There's an expiration date that comes with this. And I also need to find the next step because for me, 
I was just at the point of burnout where I was like, I can't go back to doing just the regular staff PT in the clinic job. I've got to make my own way. Yeah. Um, because for me, I was at a breaking point of if I don't try to do something on my own, then I'm going to wind up leaving the industry or I'm going to leave healthcare. And I really hope it's not this because I really <laughs> want to stay. I love what I do. Yeah. Um, and so, hope, you know, for me being able to branch out and even have the opportunity to step into the virtual rehab realm, I think is, is an amazing opportunity. And that's, that's the direction that I'll be moving forward into so I can continue to help people and I can continue to help people, you know, reach their goals and achieve greater levels of physical fitness. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> like, I, I could relate now that I've been practicing in New York for almost a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, everything that you said, because I was there as a coverage before I had this permanent outpatient. I, I feel you because even I'm a person who wants outpatient. I want ortho. I want to work out. I'd rather be a sports PT yeah. than just yeah. be... Um, you know, then there, I, when I was covering, let me tell you this, I had, we had, a, it was an Asian physical therapy practice and um, we had to, we were allowed to see the patient only for 11 minutes, 11, 12 minutes max. And it was just the stretching and manual that we were giving every patient, every 11 minutes i'm getting a patient every 11 minutes i'm getting i'm just stretching and i'm doing my manual and i'm like i don't like it i'm not even able to speak with the patient right and that's it like that's how the system works and i we saw 38 patients or something and i was like in in i first i myself saw 38 patients and it was a cycle because then they had acupuncture, then they had massage, then they had this. It was like a thing, but that was physical therapy. I'm like, that's not physical therapy. No. And I have studied really hard to be a therapist. I know what therapy is and I'm not cheapening my profession this way. So I told the, the I was also covering. So I told them, sorry, no, can't do and then luckily i got a call from these guys it's an outpatient and um, this company has 11 locations so i they gave me one location didn't ask anything they were like okay these are your patients just deal with them and it's been so amazing that my patient i i get to see them every day uh every alternate days whenever they're scheduled and they are now i was telling my friends and my family now they're they're it's like a community because yeah. they are talking to each other they're friends with each other they're like okay uh uh Bhavna, can we come together <laughs> at four o'clock i'm like why they're like no i want to talk we want to gossip we want to do all things <laughs> and they're making new friends they're calling their friends and it's more to do as a community yeah. and it's more of a stronger community than it's just as an outpaid. Like I cannot do the 11 minute stretches and I'm so glad and blessed that God gave me this opportunity. And I said, yes, because it seemed a little sketchy in the start and I'm a girl in New York. Don't yeah. know anyone, <laughs> you know, self-doubting myself, just right. new to physical therapy. Yeah. 
and Newton notes. Let me tell you, I hate doing notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part of any PT's day, I think, is just getting the documentation done. And so if you're someone that has like a very high volume caseload, oh my gosh, and no doc time accounted for in your day. Yeah. Yeah. You wind up taking a lot of that home too. And that's, that's not good for work-life balance either. And so I think that's another thing that just contributes to a lot of burnout that PTs have is just the lack of, you know, being able to manage all of their work during the work day. I, I, I have told myself nothing from work comes home except for stories. Yes. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. I cannot do notes or any documentation. Once I'm home, I just want to have my time to spend time with my family, with my friends, explore New York and just do our thing. Yes. But uh, when we were like now, like you said, you've you got to teach patients, you've got to train patients and they're used to you. Once they're used to you, then they know they'll come in. They'll be like, I'm going to go warm up on the bike. Then I'm going to do this. I'm like, wait for me to instruct they're like we know that's what you want us to do i'm like yeah that's exactly what i have planned for you so it's it's fun now i've also started group therapy because now i'm seeing that they're that my patients are becoming good friends with each other mm-hmm. and recently i'm like doing group therapy it saves my time my energy they get to do it as friends they get to push one another and yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, having a community, even one session can make a big difference. So. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, what you're saying is, you know, your, your patients are enjoying their experience coming in and they're, you know, connecting with other people that may be in a similar boat as them and they're working towards their goals and in an environment, in an enjoyable environment for them, which is great. Yeah. Um, we're, we're very lucky to be physical therapists. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, it's a it's an awesome profession. I just think, you know, it's one of those like going, you know, being a fresh new grad out of school. Um, it's it can be tough to navigate the job market. And especially if you're doing outpatient where one on one care is not necessarily a commonplace thing at all. And so you wind up having to either you know, choose to stay in a high volume clinic or change settings, right? And that's a totally different experience to do inpatient or to do home health compared to being in a clinic doing sports med or ortho or whatever it is. And that's, that's really tough to navigate. But it's, it's so awesome when you can find a clinic where you just click and you're able to you know, pick up your own caseload, manage that caseload on your own and really develop a strong rapport with your patients. And they gain that trust in you and they know that you know them and what their experience is. And moving forward, you know, they, that makes a big impact on their buy-in and their willingness to keep showing up for future sessions as well. Correct. That plays a very, very vital role. And you have to connect with with the people that you're serving that you're helping out they need to understand your plan as well a hundred percent you always wanted to do orthopedics never uh cardio or neuro or peds (laughs) so it's it's funny because when i was in 
school, um, by my second year, I really thought I was going to wind up doing neuro. Okay. Um, I had a, an awesome neuro professor and I felt like my neuro stuff was clicking way more than ortho was. And then on my third year, I started rotations and I had the most incredible orthopedic CI. And I just enjoyed that so much. She was also doing a lot of uh, specialty work on the side with young athletes. Um, and so I kind of got to see her treatment and her approach and how she was able to, you know, educate people on what was going on with their bodies and, and what they could expect from physical therapy. And I just soaked up so much from her. And I was like, and she, she really did a great job building up my confidence and making me feel like, you know, I can do this if I want to do it, you know? And so that totally changed my perspective on outpatient orthopedics and what's, what's really practical and what really matters in that setting. And really, she's the one that, that changed my career course, because after that, I was like, no, I think this is what I want to do. I really want to stay in ortho. I want to work with the, you know, higher level population, do, you know, the sports med work with the the younger athletes and people who generally want to stay active um, at a later point in their life too. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's actually how I fell into ortho was because of a really awesome clinical instructor and a uh, clinical education experience. You know, well, I think I'm just same story. Like you have same life story. I'm just like a few years behind you <laughs> because I was so much into neuro too, neuro so Wow. Okay. It's all about the brain. And so I was shadowing this. The, he's the best um, neurophysical therapist in Pune. And I was working under him and he interviewed me. He's like, uh, I didn't know a lot about neuro. So I, he, I was like, okay, I'm going to go all blank uh, in neuro. But he was like, okay, you need to love neuro or you need to love yourself. So I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know about myself, but I do love neuro a lot. So it's like, okay, I'll take you. You're my student. And I was working with him for almost a year, a year and a half. And I realized that he is awesome. He's amazing. But neuro takes a lot of toll on you too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We, we keep seeing the stroke patients, the Parkinson's and, uh, you have to keep you have to keep them motivated so you have to be motivated but when i stepped into ortho i had an amazing mentor and uh like you said you know ortho everyone is motivated they want to just run yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to go boxing they just want to do their thing right. and i'm like yeah i want to make that happen yeah. and if i can help like ortho i can uh, um, help so many patients at the same time it'll be so beneficial for me for them for so i fell in love with ortho and and i knew i wanted to do outpatient i wanted to do sports yeah. outpatient on field something like that and i was lucky enough to get this opportunity and just go with it awesome <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. I love that. You think telehealth is the new step to fitness? I think telehealth is going to be a tremendous asset to fitness and rehab. Um, 
do I think it's going to totally do away with in-person work? No, not, not really. But what it does, it, it adds an extra component of accessibility to people that wouldn't be able to get with you in the clinic necessarily because of, you know, location or, you know, their schedule, transportation conflicts, different things like that. But it's definitely going to, I think, change how we view rehab and fitness, you know, and as far as the, the fitness coaching aspect of it, people have been doing that virtually for way longer than, you know, just before COVID. So we know it's, it's a feasible option for those that are interested in um, just general fitness coaching, personal training, strength and conditioning work, that sort of thing. COVID made virtual rehab uh, more accessible and more practical for, you know, rehab pros, for physical therapists. And I think that's going to be really awesome to see how that grows because, you know, we're really at that point going to be able to meet people where they are. And I think it's going to change the demands or, you know, the expectations of what makes a good physical therapy experience because at that point you're not relying on your ability to be in person and hands-on you're basically having to do what you do in person through a screen you have to create that sense of rapport and relationship with another person um, virtually and I it's definitely possible it's not for everyone but there's definitely a large population that is going to benefit from being able to do rehab from the comfort of their own home, which is using a, a screen, you know? Yeah, for people especially who are conscious about themselves or conscious about their environment, conscious just to just start the gym or just a start, I feel that could really benefit. Fitness-wise, I feel yes. But like you said, it's a great asset to physical therapy, but it's not completely going to take away the role. So for physical therapy, you have to be there to assess, to uh, assist, and just be present when the patient needs. Given we see a lot of falls and fractures and... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not for everyone. You know, physical therapy is such a broad field. We see so many different specialties and so many different types of patients and so you know inpatient rehab is not going anywhere the you know need for someone to be there for balance therapy or for you know someone that needs vestibular help you know those types of situations where you need another person to physically be in the room to guide you through a treatment that 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 won't go anywhere but for others that you know maybe they need something that's going to meet them where they are because they're a, they're someone that is managing a hectic schedule and they can't get to the clinic three times a week. How do you establish a rehabilitation program for them? They still need it. They're maybe able to get to the gym or they have some equipment at home. Maybe the frequency that you're um, checking in with them looks a little bit different. Maybe the way that you um, really provide quality care for them is to make sure you're giving them great education, which we should be doing for any patient anyway, right. is providing top tier education. I think that's one of the biggest benefits of going to a physical therapist versus, you know, going another route is that we're able to, you know, give them a lot of insight on anatomy, physiology, pathology, all of these things that that's going on with their body and, and what, 
to expect what outcomes they can expect and what's contributing to that and how we can help them ultimately become a lot more autonomous when it comes to taking care of their physical health and well-being. Correct. Yeah. I I agree with you there. That makes me think so much about how we've been doing things right and how we've been doing things, approaching things the wrong. Or, you know, there's scope for improvement. Let me put it that way. Always. Always, right? I mean, that's my, I would say my practice has changed so much in six years the things that I was grasping onto to give me a sense of confidence when I was a new grad versus how I actually approach my evaluations now it's changed a lot Mm -hmm. um you know I remember as a new grad I was wanting to take all these like continuing education courses for manual and getting all these certifications because I thought that was the key that's what Mm -hmm. I was missing in my practice but really even with all of that and all the other, you know, forms of continuing ed and just, you know, reading and trying to stay up to date on research as much as I can, it has so much less to do with what I'm doing for the patient in terms of using my hands and more of what I'm able to educate them on, meet them where they are and kind of gauge their expectations and then move the plan of care forward that way. Mm -hmm. Yes. How do you, um, this is, I have this question. How do you go about assessing the patients for virtual rehab? Uh, would, is it difficult to do it virtually? Would you prefer in-person? Um, no, I actually, it's a lot of the, the, the movement screening that is done. You know, you don't have to be there physically for that. And there's different pieces of technology that you can bring in, you know, if you're, if you're trying to be very exact about your you know, goniometric measurements and, and things like that. But there's, there's workarounds for, for that ultimately. Of course, mm-hmm. our, our goals with those movement assessments is to get the person back to whatever goal that they have, right? So if it's someone that's struggling with certain movements in CrossFit or with bodybuilding or training at the gym, or if they're having trouble, you know, taking care of things around the house, we are going to have them demonstrate certain things to us and because the person is in their home they'll be able to show you exactly what it is that they're doing what they're working with what their setup is at home Um, and in some ways it can actually be more helpful they're more comfortable in that environment and they're you know just naturally going to things are going to come up like oh you know we have this setup over here and i've got young kids you know that i'm taking care of and this is what i'm struggling with this is what I'm trying to get back to. So there's a lot of different functional workarounds. It doesn't have to be done the traditional way. And that's what I've learned um, since starting all of this is, yes, I learned how to do things one way in school, but that doesn't mean that's the only way to achieve that end goal. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, I didn't necessarily learn about CrossFit specific movements when I was in school. I learned how to take what I learned in school and apply it to any of those settings, right? So because we have that base of knowledge, we can meet somebody where they are and just get creative with how we go through that assessment process and how we take those measures and say, okay, this is going to be our target. This is going to be the goal so that you can get back to doing X, Y, Z in your recreational life, personal life, professional life, whatever it may be. Functional goals. Yeah. That's the key. Absolutely. Yeah. 
what made you who who made you you know become a physical therapist join physical therapy so oddly enough i, I did not want to have a healthcare profession at all initially both of my parents work in healthcare and i was not interested in going in that route when i was younger um but i knew i didn't want a desk job and i knew that i wanted to work with people and so one aspect that i was considering was maybe doing some sort of counseling um that yeah. kind of career path and my parents asked me to consider physical therapy they had a friend in town that um owned several physical therapy clinics and asked me to talk to him and then i started shadowing some physical therapists and the biggest thing that changed my perspective was my picture in, that i had in my mind of what healthcare was is people that are very busy that are just trying to get their job done they're going from one person to the next one person to the next but what i saw with physical therapy was that these therapists had time to sit with their patient work with them speak with them about things that weren't just related to the specific thing that they were coming in for they actually had a relationship with their patients and i was like that's what i want i want to be able to work with people closely to get to know them to build relationship with them and also help them achieve something give them value give them benefit that they can take with them once they're done working with me and so that's evolved a lot over the years since you know my first shadowing experience what that looks like for me but that's still at the root of what i want to do with my virtual business is connect with people and help them achieve that goal and just have a very you know profound and, and and deep relationship with them in that process you know not just to go from okay you're assessed here's your home program <laughs> see you next time bye yeah. bye next person you know that, that revolving door i don't enjoy that at all um, and that's been my experience with the contract work and that's something that i'm looking forward to leaving behind as i start moving into the virtual world i i'll i get your uh, brown parent think also so <laughs> you have to be in healthcare if it's yes. not, if it's not like a physician or a surgeon or a doctor at least something so yeah, right, a brown parent right. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out for the best oh, yeah. it really did um yeah. yeah yeah same same i i have literally the same story <laughs> indian version <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> Okay um what uh, in business like you've been doing you've been starting your business how do you think um what are the lessons that you've learned and what what is something that you can share with well, with all of us and about business aspect of your profession oh. Yeah so gosh there's there's a lot that comes with that but I would think the uh The biggest thing for me since I've kind of been back and forth with managing my business and managing being in the clinic working for someone else since 2000 um the biggest thing for me is that at some point you have to take the risk you kind of have to take the plunge okay if you're going to go all in you have to go all in um i uh previously always had this you know fear or you know just what if it doesn't work out what if it what if i fail what if it doesn't grow the way that i needed to grow and at the end of the day you know we work in a profession where if it if something doesn't work out 
there's probably going to be another job available that we can do. So it's not like the end of the world, right? But the other side of that was, you know, if I didn't go all in and commit, then I was just going to continue to burn myself out. And I was going to just continue to resent my profession and resent my training and feel like I didn't do the right thing with my life because I wasn't winding up in a setting that really allowed me to use my skill set in a way that was most beneficial. Um, and so that that's the biggest lesson is for me that at some point you have to take a risk. There's not a perfect time. There's never going to be a perfect moment to do that. You're still going to mess up. Things are going to go wrong along the way, uh, but that's okay. You know, that's, that's part of the learning process. That's part of you growing as a professional, as an entrepreneur. And just at the end of the day, that that's the only way you can get to your goal. That's the only way you can reach the other side is one day you have to take a, a step out in faith, right? So Yeah. Like a hundred percent loss, it's all you. But a hundred percent profit, it's all you too. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. Business. Yeah, I like that aspect. And I'm so happy that you finally decided to, uh, you know, uh, go in all go all in and just start something that you truly believe in. And if you believe in something truly, then it's it won't fail. It'll take time, but it won't fail. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's a, another aspect of it, too, that I think is is important is to be patient to be patient and that that can be challenging um, but that's that's what it's about you're building something that is so near to your heart and that means so much to you and that you know will add value and help other people be patient with it it's your baby right like you've just got to take time and let it grow and let it flourish and let it reach the people that it needs to reach right what is one lesson that um you would like to give 18 year old Divya? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, what I would tell 18 year old Divya is to be more confident. Really, it's, I, that is maybe the one thing that I've heard like all through PT school, like every practical, every clinical experience that I went to, everyone was like, you know your stuff, just be more confident. Mm -hmm. just, just be more confident. And that's something that I would take all the way back into my childhood with me is just, you know, I feel like I was always so afraid of getting things wrong or saying the wrong thing or being perceived as incompetent or unable to do something. And that always kind of held me back a little bit and kept me for, from asking for certain opportunities or kept me from engaging with people in authority positions, whether they were professors or people that could possibly help me further my career, help me further my studies, because I didn't feel like I was necessarily worthy enough to approach them or smart enough to approach them. And so that's the biggest thing is just be confident, go after the things that you want, make it clear that you want those things and, and, you know, do it in a, in a kind and humble way, but, mm. you know, be confident and go for those things. Don't let, don't let opportunities pass you by because you're afraid. Yeah. I, I learned that actually from my mom. My mom always says like, 
opportunities yeah they'll keep coming no doubt they come they go golden opportunities they'll go but never say no to an opportunity especially if you really believe in that opportunity you never say no yeah and and that's why like small small steps that i've taken here and there even if they were i wouldn't say failures but at least uh, uh like the covering position i wanted to see if that's what i my willing like i want to do it in the long run but it was important for me to see to work there to cover for that person and so i could realize that that's not me yeah i yeah. don't want to be that yeah and that's such a valuable learning experience too right yeah. learning what you don't want to be like and who you don't want to be like is very important sure. it's it it shapes you and pushes you further into the direction of you know this ideal picture of a professional that you would want to be yeah any last words for everyone who's out there and for me too <laughs> Oh man. Well, you know, for you, I have to say, I really admire what you're doing with your page. I think, you know, creating these conversations with professionals of different backgrounds is really what we need more of in our healthcare space. And so we're all working together for the benefit of our patients and for individuals. And we ultimately want everyone to move towards a higher level of health and fitness. So it, it only benefits us to work together and to get on the same page and make sure we're educating people the right way. And so I really commend you on what you're trying to do with your page and I wish you all the best of luck with that and to just keep going keep doing what you're doing I know that your all of your material and your work is just going to keep growing and blowing up so yeah thank you so much thank you I really appreciate your kind words honestly of course because sometimes I do self-doubt myself I'm like okay maybe am I doing the right thing am I you know just am i am i questioning myself but i'm gonna uh, learn to be a little more confident like you said absolutely yeah go forward with it yeah i truly believe in this so i think we need a little more and thank you because of people like you who want to share their experience towards the same community we can have a healthier growing community and we can uh, talk to one another and have we all have the same goals so we can work together thank Absolutely. you so much yes thank you it was lovely talking to you yeah great talking to you too yeah let me know if you're in new york anytime we, we need to meet absolutely yeah and you let me know if you're ever in the vegas area we'll have to go get that workout in together at some I, point <laughs> i'm planning the vegas trip very soon awesome <laughs> So you have a wonderful rest of your day and it was lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. I'll see you around. Thanks so much, Bhavna. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to our talk about health. You can follow me on Instagram at bhavna.devnani, on Facebook at bhavna.devnani and we'll leave all the information in the description below. Thank you.